This is Nancy. And this is Dana. And you're listening to the NY Foodie Family Podcast. guys, and welcome to another episode of the NY Foodie Family Podcast. Today, we're starting off by talking about apple picking. Tis the season. It is. It's almost on its way out already, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. We're always so slow. We are, and I'm not even sure if we'll be able to go this season, this, this year. But I'm not sure we went last year either for the same reason. We'll see. It does. It kind of... Catches up to us, and then it's like, oh, got to get there. Summer's over, you get settled in school, and then September's gone, and so goes apple season and Yeah, it donuts. is actually a pretty short season. I think by October... All the good apples are gone by yeah, then. Yeah, you go, and it's like one or two varieties left. Well, you got to get an early start on that, and an early start in another way. Get there early. Uh, Yeah. Somehow, apple picking has become... I think more and more popular now. I think every orchard in the area gets crazy busy, lots of traffic. So like we recommend for any activity or any event, always get there early. I've, I've seen people out there with lawn chairs just making a full picnic day out of it. Although some orchards um, don't allow you to bring food. So please, you know, if you've Decide where you're going. Check the website. Check their website for their rules because some of them don't allow you to bring in outside food or drink. It has become more popular of a thing for people to get out of the city, go up to the country, which I guess we live in. I guess. Suburbs. The burbs. Head up, head up to the burbs, take, take the car out, and go, go picking. So I think we're a little bit more attached to it when we had littler kids. Yes. This is definitely something... That families with younger kids, I think, uh, will enjoy more. I think our kids, quite honestly, are kind of over it. I think if we said, oh, want to go apple picking? I don't think they'd necessarily be like, oh, sure, yeah, that sounds like fun. That's going to cut into their Snapchat time. <laughs> but <laughs> if we drag them along, I think they'd have a decent time. Yeah, listen, it's, it's way cuter when your teeny tiny kid reaches up way tall to get the lowest apple and plucks it off and starts chewing on it. Yes. We have lots of pictures of them with tiny eating apples and you lifting them up. So yeah, great photo opportunities. So let's talk about some of the orchards that we have been to. So I think we started in the beginning going to Fishkill Farms mm-hmm. up in Hopewell Junction. Fairly decent. Yes. Lots of different activities. Correct. I think the if you're really looking for a, a full day out, Barton Orchards has been very popular. And we had gone there a couple times. That has like the hay rides and the music and they have the petting zoo and the playground and all kinds of things going on. However, the last time we were there, it was such a madhouse that I think we were just like... I don't know if we want to do this again. Did they start selling tickets for entry and it comes with different stuff? Oh, like the hayride? Yeah, I think it, I think that it might have, yeah. If you're into that kind of thing, by all means, it started to be a little bit more of a circus than we were really looking for. And we sat in traffic getting off the Taconic, backed up like 
for miles just to get to the orchard. And listen, good on them. You know, they, they don't have traffic backed up to Barton Orchards all year round. They have to make their money on, you know, very limited season. And for a farm to be in, um, you know, a very busy status, hey, that's great. Good on them. Maybe it's just not right for us. We'll leave that to somebody else. Correct. We are all about supporting local and, we, you know, we encourage people to visit the farms and the orchards. Um, it's just, we're just not looking for the crowds and all the hoopla, you know. But you might. Exactly. Have at it. Uh, next up is Wilkins Farm, which we, we've been doing, I'd say probably three of the last four was Barton, if not all of them. Um. In Yorktown? Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah. You said Barton. Oh, sorry. Wilkins. <laughs> uh. Yes. Most Barton of the because... last trips has been to, to Wilkins. Right. Number one, because it's so close to us. Uh, but number two. Really, we're there to just pick some apples and really get cider donuts. <laughs> we're really there for the donuts. We pretend to get the apples. Um, yeah, they they only require to get, you know, a fairly sized bag. The minimum. The bag, minimum bag yeah. is a half bushel, maybe, and then right. a full bushel. I think they're keeping a close closer eye on how how full you're filling it. You know, there's a lot of people that are making it a little bit more difficult for the rest of us by eating more than their fair share before it even makes it in. So they're charging a little bit more to get the bags. Uh, They're charging a little bit more, forcing you to get slightly more apples than you might want. But if you plan ahead, you know, we make pies and breads and whatnot. So you can can make good use of the apples, and they are well taken care of, good, good quality apples too. Yes. So, but again, I, I think one of the highlights of any of these orchard trips is uh, the cider donuts. I think almost all of them make them now. Um, or, you know, if that's going to be one of your, you know, deciding where to go, definitely factor that into your <laughs> decision. It's way, bu- have... it's way busier getting into their Bakeries. bake shop. <laughs> yep. Do they have cider donuts? Um, so, in looking ahead, like we mentioned, our calendar is a little getting full so i'm not sure we will have a day to go apple picking um one or local orchard in westchester county that we haven't been to uh is harvest moon in north salem i've heard that also has been getting super crazy i think they even say on their website be prepared to sit in traffic uh get super crowded here on the weekends um and that's you know one place possibly worth checking out uh, I just checked. They charge $30 for one size bag. It, it's a, you know, you're coming, you have to pay for this bag, and it admits five people. And then each additional person in your group is an additional, I think, $5 charge. Did they say what size bag? A bushel, I hope, at least? It's fairly large. They equated it to, let's say, oh, you fill the bag and you get 28 pounds of apples. That's like a dollar less than a dollar a pound less than what you pay at the grocery store it just always seems like a lot with the bag sizes maybe because we're not used to buying that many apples at a time maybe i'm the one that has to carry it (laughs) that too it gets heavy so um that's just some info for you and possibly one place we might check out however two of the top ones on my list are actually not in westchester county uh, Dubois Farm in Highland and Herd's Family Farm in Modena are actually uh, tops on our list of possible uh, 
apple picking or just visiting over the fall uh, because I've heard that they, both of these places, also have uh, large corn mazes, mm. which I think would be fun. I don't we think we've done ever that. done one. We did one, we said, in Maryland. Remember when we were visiting my sister? Oh, that's right. But I don't think it's to the same scale as at these two farms. And I think that would be fun for us as something to do in the fall if we happen to miss the apple picking. The maize would probably still be there past apple season. And the cider donuts probably would be Mm. there too. Okay. Maybe maybe we wouldn't mind missing the apples then. (laughs) Pumpkin season? So, yeah. Possibly. Other stuff. Most, most of these farms have other things growing. A lo- and a lot of them are having fall festivals and events, you know, trying to get the crowd, so. And most of them do, and good for them. Yeah. So if we do end up, you know, visiting any of these, we will definitely report back. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. Where's your favorite apple picking place in the Hudson Valley? Love to hear from you. Let us know. Okay. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> So in this next segment, we are talking about the New York City Wine and Food Fest Family Ice Cream Fun Day. So just to preface this, uh, the New York City Wine and Food Fest is actually a five-day food festival down in the city. It's taking place October 10th, 11, 12, 13, four days. I'm sorry, my math is not my (laughs) strong point. (laughs) It takes place October 10th to October 13th this year down in New York City. And over the course of those days, there are a ton of different events. But one of the featured family events is the Family Ice Cream Fun Day. And we were actually hosted, um, given media passes last year to attend. Um, So Dana actually took our daughter to this event. So he'll be uh, reporting for us about what to expect um, and his experience there. So so this one was not at a main site. This was actually last year at Kellogg's Cereal Bar. Uh, this year it's at a different location, more of an event-hosted space. Yeah, it's called Second. It's on uh, 6th Ave in Chelsea. And, you know, I'll only briefly describe that site, although if you get the chance to go to uh, the Kellogg cereal bar is pretty wild inside. I don't know what they serve besides probably giant bowls of cereal and cereal-related items, but it was hosted there last year, and it was limited tickets. So even though it was reasonably crowded, uh, at least you knew nobody else was coming in. So all the tickets were sold. That's the maximum amount of people that were going in. And they opened right on time. It was hosted by the world-famous... Duff Goldman, Ace of Cakes, and a million other things. And what they do is have little tables of local ice cream purveyors share their wares. Um, it's not just scoops of ice cream. Sometimes it is turned into a little sundae. Sometimes it's you know mixed in with something else. And I'll give you I'll give you a few of them. Um, before I do that, what is the date for this year's do we have do we have this year's is the 13th sunday the 13th so sunday the 13th so for example if you have heard of any of these we got 16 handles ample hills creamery um the one i know the most is big gay ice cream which not only does uh truck 
or trucks now in the city, but they also serve pints of a, a, a rainbow, if you will, a rainbow of colors in our local supermarkets. And I think we've reported that on a blog post previously. So that's just a few examples. There is the uh, Chinatown, original Chinatown ice cream, and many, many others. Uh, there's only a few repeats, I think, this year, right? Which but we... I do want to, yeah, I want to, like, interject here and say not everybody that was there last year is there this year. I think the only repeats are Big A Ice Cream, Davies Ice Cream, and the original Chinatown Ice Cream Factory. Which is pretty wild that there are so many. I, I would say there was at least 15 to 20 ice cream uh, samples last year and if they have the same amount i don't know if they're promising the same amount but i I would imagine that they would the fact that there's only a few overlaps from last year i I did not realize there were so many different ice creams must be some sort of new york ice cream renaissance going on right now well some this year new ones that were not there include minus 10 ice cream llama ice cream egg glue uh and even from westchester county penny lick ice cream Mm. in hastings will be there which is kind of fun so so quite a few, and I will tell you that the first ten are delicious as you start going in, and then you you need you need and want to try them all, especially when we're reporting in on it. Uh, it starts to become a bit of a burden having so much ice cream, which sounds terrible and wrong, but um, everything was was really really good. It was hard to pick a favorite. Um, I would say that everybody had brought their a game. And all of the folks that were there were very friendly. I was going to say, they were all personal. You were able to get pictures and talk to a couple of them. So it wasn't like yeah. a rush. Like I, I asked to take a picture of everybody with their ice cream near their sign so I could kind of get everything all in the same place. And I got a lot of posing, you know, people doing, uh, holding their ice cream out mm-hmm. and, and, you know, making some silly, uh, silly faces too. So they were there to have fun and they were really nice about it. So we had some uh, some really good pictures. So check out our post on that. Uh, yes, that's on the, that is on the blog currently. Um, so you can see lots of photos. I have to say, based on your pictures, they weren't huge Sundays or samples that you were getting at each table. I mean, even half a scoop to a scoop times twenty starts adding up. Right. So it wasn't like he's having a full Sunday or a full ice cream cone at each of these places. I think you'd be sick. Uh, and because this is a family event, you know, they also are catering to children. Right. So Face painting and balloon animals. And even the uh, types of ice cream that they were serving. Were mostly family friendly. Yes. Yeah, there was no really wild, you know, adult Out, flavors. Right, out there flavor, flavors or combinations or things. Um, they do serve cocktails for adults. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the correlation there but there was some rum drinks being served um not exactly sure what that had to do with ice cream but there was some rum you know little rum sample cocktails in really small plastic cups uh which which were good and it distracted me from the ice cream for (laughs) for a few minutes but so was there any real food there or no it was all sweets and oh yeah it was it was it was all sweets i don't think there was any savory food there whatsoever overall everything was really good i mean you know, let's get back to Duff for a minute. He he was the featured player. He had uh, you know an opportunity to, um, you know, to welcome everybody to 
you know, really be involved with the crowd. He was very accessible. They were doing photos in front of a screen, a scrim. So, you know, as long as you waited online, you know, almost all the kids got their picture taken with Duff. Everybody... Including our daughter. Including Abby. And they were also giving out, last year, probably not this year, based on, on the location, giant cereal bowls uh, with... Uh, or Kellogg's. Were they, oh, they were Kellogg's. Or, or were they ice cream bowls? No, they were, they were <laughs> Kellogg's, but they, they also had uh, uh, Duff on there, too. So it was not just... Oh, like a collaboration. Like yeah, collaboration. it was a, a Kellogg's-Duff collaboration, and Duff was signing all the bowls. Yeah, so we have two autographed Duff cereal bowls, which the kids actually use in the mornings for breakfast, which right. is kind of cool. You were afraid to use them because you wanted to keep those signatures yeah, pristine. Yeah, but that that's better to use it. Almost. Enjoy them. We have pictures of. What, what would you do if you found it with Duff? We're, we're good. Yeah. What if you didn't? You know. What if you found those in a box twenty years from now? Yeah. What what good what good is that? Might, might as well have fun with those. True. So, again, here's the rundown and the details of the event. So this year, again, like we said, it's taking place on Sunday, October 13th. It's from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at 2nd, which is an, that's what it's called. It's an event space um, down in Chelsea at 849 6th Avenue. And tickets are $95 for adults, $40 for children. I'd recommend it. You know, bring bring a big appetite and you're going to be itching for some savory food after to kind of even it all out. But check it out. Definitely we had a great a time. Fun family foodie experience. Absolutely. So check it out this year, and if you if you do happen to go, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Report back and let us know what you thought. Stay tuned. We have quick hits coming up next. Okay, wrapping up like we do every week, we have quick hits. Nancy, take it take it away. So our first quick hit is next. Thursday, September 26th, is Westchester Magazine's third annual Wingfest. So it takes place from 6 to 10 p.m. at Empire City Casino. Tickets are $60 in advance and $65 at the door. And you do have to be 21 and over to attend this event. Um, I've seen pictures. If you like chicken wings, this is the event for you. Uh, many different restaurants throughout Westchester County uh, participate offering at least one variety, I think sometimes more than one, of chicken wings that you can go around and sample. I believe Heineken and other beer is there as well. And I'm pretty sure that that ticket price includes is like your admission into the event. So I believe you can eat the chicken wings and drink the beer you know, oh, you it's all eat. right. It's all included in the price. If I am correct, I could be wrong, but maybe sixty believe, bucks isn't so bad. Right. If you like wings. If you like wings. And you can pack a couple away. You think drinks are included? I believe they serve beer. Okay. Um, Hence the twenty-one and up. Right. So, uh, double check the website, please, um, and Westchester Magazine, just to get double check all those details. But we just wanted to make you aware of that booty event coming up yep we won't be able to make that one but if you do go just let us know what you thought love to hear from you uh next up i'm hesitant to report this as notable news but 
Jersey Mike's is opening their first outpost it is in. Open. Oh, it's open. They oh, it opened already. on nine eleven, didn't it? Uh, opened um, their first outpost in Lower Westchester. Actually, Westchester at all. There's a few in Jersey. Lots in Jersey. <laughs> There's a few within not too far in Western Connecticut. So it's not like you can't be at one, but this is, I guess, noteworthy because it's in Westchester. It's new. A it's new, new to the county. Uh, franchise, quick service. I don't know if it's a franchise, but... Uh, I didn't even realize there's more than 2,000 open and in the works. So I guess they're a lot more popular than I had given them credit for. Their claim to fame is fresh and I believe antibiotic-free on the turkey at least. Um, and they, they do seem to be rather community-minded. So they are supportive of their local communities um, I've never had one. Yeah, neither have I. So we'll we'll check that out and report back. And uh, so that's in Hartsdale. What, what's the address on that? Um, Central Ave. Yeah, it is. It's in the Ave. same complex as Trader Joe's. So oh, that's good. Next time I spend too much time at Trader Joe's, I'll grab a sub at Jersey Mike's. I'll grab it. Grab a sub at Jersey Mike's. Uh, what's up next? So next up. This isn't notable news to Westchester County or even the United States, but I did read this and was so fascinated by this. So I'm not sure if you have ever, meaning you, the audience out there, have ever been to one of those conveyor belt sushi restaurants. There's one in the Palisades Mall that we love it. tend to frequent because our son loves sushi and loves the, being able to, you know, grab the sushi off the conveyor belt. But I digress because I discovered that there is a restaurant, I guess, um, food stall in London at the new Seven Dials Market that opened called the Cheese Bar. And it is a conveyor belt cheese restaurant. So what does it do? Just little plates come around with different kinds of cheese? Little uh... So just like at the sushi place, there are up to 25 different cheeses that they offer. And they're all numbered and you get a little menu so you know which cheese you're picking. But totally the same concept. So you pick a plate off the conveyor belt and at the end of your time there, they just add up the plates to give you the price of your cheese meal. That sounds like fun. Do they serve anything else? They serve wine. That's and not... I'm sure they serve things to put the cheese on, like crackers. crackers. Right. I'm sure things come on the plate with the cheese. Uh, but the the plates range from $3.65 to $7.50 in U.S. dollars per plate. Uh, and they do give you a one-hour time limit because I guess people like to, you know, hang out and... Cheese it up. Yeah, wine and cheese it. But that sounds like my kind of conveyor belt restaurant i guess it depends on the cheese you know we are a fan of all kinds of fun cheeses exactly so. just to try all different kinds you know sitting there you do like a variety i do <laughs> so i just had i was so fascinated by this i just had to share i don't expect you or any of us to actually go there anytime soon but we'd like to yeah so noteworthy <laughs> we'll report in on that next up uh we reported a couple weeks ago that M&M's had chosen a winner for a semi-permanent flavor, flavor, flavor yep. contest. So there were three flavors. There was the, and it was, it, these are all international, so the Mexican jalapeno, 
the Thai coconut and the English toffee are all based on the peanut. Yeah, so, they're all peanut varieties. And so our update is that we actually tried two of them. We have not located the winner yet, uh, but we did in our local uh, Mega Mart. ShopRite. ShopRite get the jalapeno, which was only a little spicy. I thought it had some good flavor. I mean, it's it's really a peanut M&M with a little bit of spice. So if they're trying to show off, hey, we're edgy and spicy, I guess they got that. But flavor-wise, there really wasn't a lot going on otherwise. It was basically a peanut M&M. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. And it wasn't a winner, so. Didn't win anyway. Uh, we're, we're, we'll check out the losers, though. And then the Thai coconut, I think, it was a little bit more complex. It It had some subtle coconut flavoring and I think a little bit of Thai spice in there just wasn't coconut overall that was the better of the two again I wasn't a fan so we'll just hold out for the winner yeah which I feel like I'd like English toffee uh but it's just in general getting a little crazy with not just candy but chips and food in general coming up with all the different varieties and the flavors and the, you know, sometimes it's not going to slow down. Regular M and M, or a regular peanut M M&M and M. Oh, you mean classic M M&M? and M? They'll, they'll yeah. probably rebrand re it as classic because there's sometimes so many other ones. Th- that's all you want is just you know what you know and love. So, but new and fun can be fun sometimes. True. Uh, typically, those things are usually a little bit more. Uh, seasonal or limited edition limited edition so there's a lot less risk for them to throw a couple fun things out there and we've just seen a million potato chip flavors so on and so forth ice cream flavors are out yeah. of control it, it, it's it's a little crazy yeah uh fear not we're not going to veer towards uh crazy food reviews we'll leave that to somebody else and finally, we're wrapping things up with our last quick hit, which is the third annual Intoxicate Foodies Eating for Orange campaign. So if you're on Instagram and follow Intoxicate Foodie or have seen any Westchester restaurants or other foodies, um, you might have already heard about this. So in collaboration with Feeding Westchester and local restaurants, uh, they've teamed up and I believe there's over 30 restaurants that are participating and they are doing an eating orange campaign. So the restaurant has created a special dish for the month of September and has an orange color or hue to the dish. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's special to help raise money for Feeding Westchester. And uh, Kate Schlintz, sorry if I've butchered your name, sorry, I apologize, uh, known as Intoxicate Foodie, uh, um, who is a restaurant ambassador and radio host, uh, has spearheaded this whole campaign and is kind of their poster uh, poster child for this. This is her, her thing. Um, she personally is donating $1 for each person who eats one of these uh, orange-themed restaurant dishes and posts on Instagram and tags her and Feeding Westchester for a total of up to $500 of her own personal. That's great. Money. 
we sh- we should uh, we should actually spell out intoxicate. So the so the Kate part is Kate if you haven't figured that out, but it sounds like intoxicate, uh, which is spelled differently. So I N T O X I K A T E. So that's where the Kate comes from, and then foodie. Um, that's that's how you spell it. Check it out if you if you if you look up Kate Schlentz, S E H, L I E N T Z. You'll probably come up with the same same featured event. So. Check that out. It's for a good cause. Third annual. Eating for Orange. Eating for Orange, supporting Feeding Westchester. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of the NY Foodie Family Podcast. So drop us a line if you have any tips, suggestions, things that we missed, things that you participated in. You can uh, send us an email at nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com. And you can check out our blog, nyfoodiefamily.com. And we'll be back with you next week. Bye-bye.